This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's happening, everybody? Welcome in episode 14 of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. We got a fun one, a special one planned for you here today, live over at the VMC. Uh, Mike Johnston, head coach, GM, coming up in a little bit. James Stefan's going to hop on. He had a huge game five as Portland gets ready in the second round to take on Kamloops, a series that begins uh, this weekend. And these guys are getting ready to jump on the bus, so we're we're crunch timing it all into one episode. I love it, starting with my buddy and my pal, Nick Merrick, the voice of the Portland Winterhawks. What are the vibes like around the building? I've got to... Got to imagine everybody's feeling pretty good right now. Vibes are really good, really good. You're, you nailed it, though. It's exactly that. Like, it's it's high moving. You get into playoffs, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's weird because it feels like only yesterday that it was game five, and I was thinking, like, I was out at the Hillsborough Hops game for their opening night, and I'm thinking, wow, like, I wouldn't even be here right now if this was in game seven. And then you'd be leaving in, like, three hours to get up to Kamloops. <laughs> so it's weird how that all kind of worked out and how fast things went. Um, but it's, it's very exciting. The players are super energized. They got a nice week of practice. Um, actually, some fun going on the road, too, um, which doesn't usually get to come up in this type of situation when you're right. going for playoffs. But obviously, Mike and his staff always wants to get there at least one day early, especially a longer drive. And they even did that for Everett which was a short, what, three-and-a-half-hour drive. Um, so if they played the game on that Monday night, the team left on Sunday to make sure they were up there. They had no you know, travel issues. You get a nice meal. You get the good full sleep in. Um, but then this time, they're actually leaving two days in advance so that way they can get up to Abbotsford to check out an American Hockey League game. Look so at that, a little bonus hockey on the bonus trip. Bonus hockey on the trip. You're really good. So obviously, I think the team's kind of just excited to be able to have, like, a nice moment away from, you know, the hustle and bustle, what they're grinding on the ice. And yeah, just yeah. get to kind of, you're still at the rink. You're going to be watching hockey. But it's obviously a little different. A chance just to say, okay, we made half the, we're almost there. We're almost in Kamloops. Let's enjoy a hockey game. Then back to business when we when we head up to, to be, uh, Kamloops the next day. Well, and before we get to the Kamloops series, because I think fans are excited. It's going to be a really tough challenge. Let, let's turn the clock back a little bit. So Everett, five-game series, thriller overtime winner. Thank God no return trip for game six to Everett. I'm sure but everybody looking at I don't want to take that another bus trip let's save it they did it they got the job done in game five I, I was really impressed with the way that they played um you know seeing two of the games in person game one and game two I couldn't make it to game five just what, what did you see what stood out to you and how do you feel about just the way they're playing going in around two it felt good it felt like that was the old winter hawks that came back the ones yeah. that in the first half of the season were really clicking and and playing good hockey like even the loss there weren't you know the, the scoreboard might have said otherwise uh, and that lone loss of the series but they didn't play their worst game they just had lapses where they didn't play well um, which happens obviously now you got to limit it eliminate that from your game as you play Kamloops and potentially further in the postseason. Probably tougher, um, too, in a 3-0 series lead where you kinda, like, you're kind oh, of like mentally kind of there. All right, we just need one more. It's 100%. hard to stay focused. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to stay complacent. Yeah. I'm sure that's what the guys are going to say, too. But they didn't – it's that weird feeling. They didn't feel complacent for the full 60. 
I think they did for a part of it, especially the jump. Like, that's where – if you have a team who's got their season on the line, they aren't going to fall over easy. No. So, the Winterhawks saw that firsthand. They responded really well then their home game the very next night. Um, and I think the big thing moving forward for them is just kind of keeping that energy moving. Um, and obviously, we'll, we'll see what it does against Kamloops. I know we're going to touch on it. I'm really pleased how well the team did. They, they – you know, they played a really strong series defensively, offensively. The power play was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I thought the penalty kill was phenomenal early. Um, it, it, it still was good at the end of the season or the end of the series, but fans are looking at the stats. They did give up a few more power play goals against those last three games. Um, but part of that, they were all deflections. Like, there weren't any clean beats. Um, so we'll see if that kind of lingers over to the second round. But a confident power play, too, might be – kind of the biggest recipe for success against Kamloops. It goes a long ways, no doubt. I mean, the game we called on TV in game two, they had some beautifully drawn up plays. It was incredible. Ex- executing at a high level. That's exactly what you want to see uh, come playoff time. And now you go into, I mean, for those who have been listening and following all season, you kind of know what the monster is to a certain extent. But for those who don't know, I mean, Seattle and Kamloops are kind of separating themselves just from a talent acquisition standpoint. For sure. And for Kamloops, it makes sense, man. I mean, they're hosting the Memorial Cup. You want to put on a good showing. I get why you make all-in moves. Right. Um, so the challenges and in, in what Kamloops brings. So Because this is, you know, we, we did a lot of, you know, Portland-Seattle TV games and talk a lot about the T-Birds. That's like an AHL roster. It feels like Kamloops is... Almost the forgotten of the two, but almost as talented as Seattle is in that regard. No, very true. I, I think one of the big the big um, key piece for them offensively is Logan Stankoven, the reigning CHL player of the year. He had a terrific first-round series against Vancouver in their sweep, so they have only played four games. They won them all pretty handily, except for game four got close because, again, Vancouver was playing with their season on yep, the line. So yep. it ended up going on a little longer maybe than Kamloops would have hoped for. But nine points in that in that first-round series. Another NHL-drafted player, Caden Bankier, he's been around for a couple of years in Kamloops. He had nine points in the series. So they have similar stat lines. I, I heard they're getting Frazier Minton back. He was a second-round draft pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He missed the first-round series with an injury. But all reports from what we're seeing online is that he's going to be ready to go for game one on Friday. So they're going to have that complete full lineup. You add in the, the two players from Everett who weren't on their team, you know, they got traded to the deadline, Olin <laughs> right. Zellweger and, and Ryan Hofer. I mean, those are two specialty players um, just in how they, they, they just almost have, like, their own craft to the game. Um, I, you know, I say specialty because Ryan Hofer has, like, this different breed from a forward that not many players in the Western League have. It's almost like he's uh, – uh, a Lucas Siona type with his grit on the ice from Seattle blended with the great shot like of a James Stefan. Um, and he kind of put those two together and it's like, oh boy, you know, you get, you get a beast of a player. So yeah. they, they're, you know, it's in a way the Winterhawks are going to embrace a little bit of that underdog scenario. Um, but that being said, they beat Kamloops three of the four times in the season. Yes, for the fans that listen all the time, there's an asterisk next to them. I understand that Kamloops didn't have their full roster, but that's kind of the confidence you could take with you in the postseason and say, hey, I don't care how scary this beast is and how big these number two seed is. We beat them three times, so let's just take what we did in that one. Yeah, they have a different team, but just obviously apply it because the systems might still work out them. Save. Well, I mean, on that note, too, just the confidence, I imagine in playoff series, a key part of it is having goaltending that you can lean on and you can trust. And yeah. You know, for Portland, it was kind of, you know, it was Dante's team all year, and then you hit that skid where I I almost felt bad because even I at times would look at a goaltending and be like, ah, why isn't Dante playing better? But they weren't scoring any goals. That's a tough spot to put your goaltender in. 
And then Jan kind of took the job at the end of the year, and he's, he's run with it a little bit. And, I, you know, I thought he looked really good against Everett. Just where are you at on that, and how do you think the confidence is of, you know, hey, it feels like it's Spoonar's job, and he's going to get the series here in round two. No, I think you're right. It's pretty much a mixture from both goaltenders. Like, Jan Spoonar played a really great series, so I don't think there's any reason to go against him right now based on how well he's been going. Um, that being said, I know – very willingly to step in right now is Dante Genuzzi, and he's doing yeah. the right things to make sure he's ready to go whenever his team needs it. Like, he is the full-on team player to the fullest where totally. he'll be there. He's he's giving hugs and high-fives to Spoonar. He's rallying up the team on the bench, and you know, he's putting in hard practices. He's staying calm. I'm having great conversations with him. Just, you know, he's really – it still comes to the same regard. I, I wish – that it was Dante's net right now from the standpoint of you have your 20-year-old who wants to make that last push, and I, I get that, and I there's nothing but respect for Dante, but you know I think it was just kind of that hard decision down the stretch. The coaching staff said, well, this guy's you know might be playing a little bit more hot. Let's see if that's true, and you know you, you win four games in a five-game series, so or five games of the seven you know that could go in the series, and you're going to feel confident rocking with Spoonar going into the Kamloops, and, and Spoonar had a good game against the Blazers in his lone start. Dante started three of the games against Kamloops. Jan started one of them. Uh, I think he made close to 30 saves in that one. I remember it was a shootout loss, but it was pretty much back and forth. And there were some good chances given up. So, you know, I think it does a lot for the team's morale too and like the team psyche um, where, you know, you don't have to worry about the goalies with either Dante or Jan. Just we got to take care of business. We'll help them out defensively. But if we could score, like the Portland Winterhawks way is pretty much like we're going to race to four. If we get to four or five, we feel like we're going to win the hockey game. Right. So far, the stats dictate that as well um, in terms of playoffs so I think it's been kind of that unspoken um, quality that the Winterhawks have had that they've had good goaltending this year that you know it's never been a concern it's more so been if the team scores they're going to do well so I like that you bring up Jan and Dante because with Spoonar in the playoffs kind of the same thing like I feel like Jan got the right amount of love but it's also like one of those that goes over our heads and we just don't think about we don't appreciate it when you get a goaltending shutout in the playoffs and and you only allow one goal in a playoff game or or you lock them down to the last two minutes then they finally get a goal to go you know what I mean like that's huge um so I'm excited to see what he does against Kamloops obviously yes different beast it's more of a Kamloops team that has four full lines rather than Everett who was kind of only trying to really ride two lines because they knew that was their only recipe to beating Portland sure. I would argue it was like two out. players that they try to ride the without game. a doubt <laughs> without a doubt I think I think the coaching staff had um has insights to like that in stat it's basically like a back-end um like a way you can watch shifts from the game and, and re-watch it and I wanted to say that they said in a 60-minute game that Jackson Berezowski's shift time was like 32 minutes. <laughs> and it's like, what? huh? Like, just for comparison, like, if you watch the NHL and you're watching a Connor McDavid, yes. like, the majority of his games will be, like, low 20s. Yes, best player in the world. And he's at, Berezowski's out there at 32. It's half like, the damn game huh? he's on the ice. Right? And also speaks <laughs> the longevity of him, which yeah. kudos to him, by the way, too. He was just the U.S. nominee as of today um, for the player of the year. So he'll be in, he's not going to, Connor Bedard's going to win it, yes, right? But we know. But yes. very, very cool that, you know, <laughs> such a key franchise player for them. Gets, gets nice recognition yep. when you get the Portlands and the Seattles above them. Um, but it's it's interesting. I think if there's good tests because a player like that will maybe help prepare you for what you have to expect every single shift from a Logan Stankoven, a Caden Bankier, yeah. a Fraser Minton, a Jakob Demick, a Ryan Hofer, the list goes on. Well, I love your point about Dante, too, because I saw the videos after game five. You win, boys are buzzing, feeling good. And who's the last guy on the ice celebrating with every player as they come off? It's yep. Dante there giving everybody a high five and, yep. and saying, way to go, boys. And I, you just you love to see that because to your larger point, like, 
with goaltending, especially, you never know when one of those weird nights are going to happen, and you hit a rough patch, it's and you're just out. not seeing the puck, not tracking it, and you're going to have to go to goaltender two. And if that guy comes in and plays well in relief, right. next thing you know, he might be starting the next Correct. game. And you might get a handoff of the baton, or it's like, all right, Dante, now it's your turn. Let's run with you because you're the hot goaltender. You love to hear the guys like that. It's so easy, I think, to feel slighted or angry or disappointed because it's your 20 year and, and you've had some other guys pass you up in years previous. Love to hear that he's staying emotionally into it, mentally into it. That That's awesome. And great news for Hawks fans. You mentioned, you know, Kamloops is going to be a different challenge because it's just a deeper lineup. I think that's one of the strengths that Portland has leaned on is that you're kind of getting contributions up and down now, right? Where we're going to talk to James Stefan in a moment. He had a great series. Robbie scores the game winner. We saw Marcus right out of the gate, right? Just felt like every time the puck was on his stick, he's scoring a goal 100%. in the first First two games, so is there? I, you know, I don't want to oversimplify it, and maybe it's just an answer of everybody's got to step up because of the talent. But are there one or two guys that you're just kind of looking at, saying matchup wise, God, if Portland could get a good series out of this player or this player, you feel good about their chances to push the number two seed in the West? Well, that was kind of the thing. I, I just looking at my phone to make sure I had the stat right, but there were six different Winterhawks in that first round series, which only went five games that scored two or more goals. That's a huge. So they had a, a really good number. distribution there, which yeah. is nice. And of those five of those players had multi goal games, wow. which then means that okay, if they were hot during the game, then they kept feeding him and it was working out. So wow. it's one of those, like, if it's, you know, if it's a James Stefan stepping up one game and he's scoring a big goal, well, then maybe the team puts more defensive pressure on him. Then all of a sudden, then you'll get a Jack O'Brien scoring, a Robbie Fromm DeLorme scoring. Um, so that's kind of the recipe that's worked this season for Portland. Now, it's going to be a different beast against Kamloops, mm-hmm. and I, I wholeheartedly believe that because, you know, Kamloops is a team where you're going to get a, a quote-unquote third line of potentially an NHL-drafted player there. And, which means there's good talent. Um, but they don't have they're, – they're almost like a unique build of a team. They're a little bigger um, than what the Winterhawks have faced so far. They have a little bit more grit. Like, they're almost built more, in my opinion. And this isn't, like, supposed – I'm not meaning this to slight Seattle. But Seattle's so good because they're basically like, we're going to take 12 first or second round NHL draft picks and throw them all at forwards. Well, they all – can't play the same skilled role sure like you can only have so many of that same type of player I'm not saying they do but you know essentially like all those guys could be put in a scoring role yes Cam Loops was built a little bit differently where they're more of like this guy could play physical he can go work you down in the corners this guy's gonna lay some good bodies and, yeah. and get in a fight and this guy will be a veteran here's the young skilled player here's the more older player who's maybe not drafted but he could play a factor on the penalty kill so they're a little bit more balanced mm. um, and I think that's going to be interesting to kind of see game one and game two because part of the question for me is I've only seen Kamloops in person that one February game with everyone else when it was after the trade deadline and Zellweger was there and Hofer was there um, Jakob Demick was still injured at that time so I don't think he um, I, uh, maybe he just came into that first game but he was right around the time sure. of coming back so he obviously wasn't probably 100% then um, definitely not game speed, um, but it's yeah. I don't know. It's going to be weird to see how these matchups go. I know. I'm, I'm sure Michael touched on this one too. But the quick thing he he spoke with us afterward, the game five win was that he didn't think Kamloops was going to be like a line for line matchup, and I thought that was interesting because that's hmm. more of like. He thinks both teams are going to be pretty free-flowing. It's not going to have to be like, oh, Logan Stankoven's line's out there. Get a guy out there. i got to put Jack's line there. Right. It's going to be more of like, we saw what's happening. 
we're going to have to respond, read and react type of thing. But these two teams could fly, too, which will be fun. Like, they, they do play the game the right way. They play it very fun and exciting. So hopefully it'll lead to a lot of TNT next week for the home <laughs> games. And, you know, maybe at least one road victory, too, because that would do oodles of confidence for this club. For sure, man. You go up and steal one this weekend. You come home with a couple of home games. That'd be a great way to get the crowd going and just some confidence going. Oh, without a doubt. I love the line, too, from Mike, that it's not a matchup. But I, I think that's, that tells you you feel confident in your group, that if you Correct. end up with your third line out there and you're facing their top dogs, like, let's go. We feel right. like these guys can hang. Right. And you don't feel like you have that pressure. Okay, I got to get, you know, so-and-so out there or these two guys out there to match up with them. Well, we saw that, too, because whenever it was running two lines, basically the entirety of game three, like, yeah. there was eventually sprinkled in parts of the third line. They never even touched their fourth line. Like There were some affiliate Those players that kids, dressed. man. I don't know if they played more than two shifts a game. And and obviously, it's like, I get it, because they want to win. Yeah. Um, but it's tough, because then you put that much more pressure on those Jackson Berezowskis and Austin Roosts. And they run out of gas eventually. Yes. Like, you just can only do it so long. And that's kind of what happened, because they, they were pretty much going between Gabe's line and Jack's line, O'Brien and Clawson. They were going between those two of being like, they're, they're going to be our defensive matchups. So whenever they're out there, we got to make sure they're out there, too, because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to get our wires crossed where we get the wrong matchups for having home ice. But then all of a sudden, then when you were playing that, the so-called, I guess you could say third line, when it was, you know, Budazoni and Zakreski and then Sotis or Johnson were playing there, sure. they were doing great. Yeah. They were doing their parts. Like, even Aiden Sotis, who, you know, drew into his first playoff game after not playing with the Hawks since January, but he slid right back in, and he just keep, just keep things simple. Like, you don't have to be relied on the score. Just make sure you don't make a mistake, which it's obviously tough at this level still. Like, you want to play mistake-free hockey, but just move pucks, get offensive chance, then get off for a change. You're going to give, you know, your, your scores that we just kind of went over a minute sure. ago, you'll give them a chance to get an extra 60 seconds of a breath, then they're refreshed and ready to go. <laughs> I love it, man. Any uh, Anybody growing out facial hair? What's like the – is there a tradition? What's going on you this know what year? There, there is. I feel like I've seen the mullets come back for oh. the Hawks. They, they, I think they wanted to rock with that one. It, it took a little while maybe to get a few guys. It was one of those where – I think that's what Kyle was talking about right yeah. at our last podcast. He was saying, like, let's see if we get that going. Uh, and he's like, we'll see if people follow through with it. And a good chunk of them did. Okay, so okay. I, think, I think the mullets are officially what they're kind of going with internally. Um, the facial hair, yeah, it's yeah, it's getting there. Some guys, <laughs> some okay. guys got it. Some are using some help, if, if, <laughs> if you know what I mean there. Like, you know, they're just trying to help grow it out. Sure. Um, I, I respect it. I, I can't do it. Like, I'm... I, I need a no Nick Merrick shot. mustache. Give me a mustache in the playoffs. I wish. Actually, I probably could if I just let it go. It'd have to go for a while. Yeah, I just yeah, have yeah. the neared. I yeah. hate the neck beard. <laughs> yeah. like, like, it doesn't full. And everyone's always like, because you haven't let it grow out. I'm like, no, no. During COVID, <laughs> I, like, I tried for a while. And I'm like, how long do you need to grow it out outside of like seven weeks? That's a long time. You I'm gave like, it a run. I, we gave her a go. And I don't mind it. But then sometimes, like, if it came in more full, I'd be way rocking right now. But I did the same thing. I'm like, I look like a bum. So I, I ended up shaving off after the team lost. I'm like, we're resetting it right like <laughs> that gives me my excuse i'll keep right. it going until we need the reset that is so funny the mullet thing too that takes commitment because you gotta like you gotta prepare for that yes you gotta you gotta grow out your yes. hair you gotta get ready to go like that's you don't just have a mullet overnight you, no. gotta, you gotta grow into that no. thing are we gonna get a western conference finals nick merrick mullet if it happens um you know what i might be able to grow out my hair for that okay we, uh, if, if we series will go in a week or two you yeah. know you got some time here right i'm not, I'm not opposed to that <laughs> you get through cam loops okay <laughs> maybe against seattle a mullet i like it but you heard it here first nick merrick will have a mullet if the Hawks get to the conference finals. Uh, for fans, what are we looking at schedule-wise? Because I know the big push in the WHL, obviously, you want home ice, you want those weekend home for games. Sure. But Hawks fans come and they bring noise no matter when the games are, which yep. is what we love about them. Uh, so not going to have those weekend games where you start Friday, Saturday, but what are we looking at for those who don't know schedule-wise for next week? So the schedule is going to go Friday, Saturday night in Kamloops. That's the 14th and 15th of April for games one and games two. 
Game three and game four, a little bit of a break between games. It'll be back at the VMC on Wednesday, April 19th, and Thursday, April 20th. Um, and that's just because there was a, a rock concert happening here at the VMC, so they're doing a little <laughs> bit of a fill-in. That Usually it would be probably a Tuesday, Wednesday is more typical. Yeah. This will be Wednesday, Thursday, so uh, that's the home games for the Winter Hawks that they're guaranteed. Hopefully then there will be another uh, home game for the Hawks on that um, Monday, the April 26th, or unless they want to just win a lot of games. Yeah, just maybe sweep them, maybe. Two. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Uh, so game six, if necessary, will be that Monday, the 24th, okay. I think it is. Um, and then it pretty much is every other game after every other day you're playing a game. Obviously, the two of them will be in Kamloops if it, if it goes that far. Um, but it's a good series overall. Like The schedule works out fine. Teams don't have to worry as much about the travel days then, too, especially before game one and before game three, which is nice. Um, and honestly, I'll give a huge kudos right now to the fan base that were here on, on game five. Like that was an incredible environment yeah. and you all deserve to be recognized for that one. I, you know, obviously it's not just me blowing smoke here on the podcast. Like I went down to the locker room after the game and obviously everyone's energized. You kind of opened the show with this one, Andy, and you were saying, oh, I'm sure the guys didn't mind not going up to Everett and hundred percent. That was a pretty clear <laughs> message. Like Easter Sunday, Masters Sunday, or going on a bus to get ready mentally for a game six. I think they'd rather choose the enjoy the time at home. And, a little R and R before yes, round two. Yeah. Yes. So clearly that was an extra motivation for the game five. But when I went down there and it was a two, one game going to the third, I, I think I, I probably went across maybe 10 of the guys, and four of them literally stopped me. And when we had a quick, like, usually it's just quick talks, like, hey, great game, congrats. Like, I'm sure the guys are excited. Like, without a doubt, four, like, half of the team that I spoke with basically said, like, what was up with the crowd tonight, Nick? And I was like, yeah, like, do tell. And they were like, they were so into it. Like, I know it wasn't the at-capacity crowds we've seen before, but, you know, for having a 24-hour turnaround, they were all like, we were buzzing on the bench. Like, yeah. they were so good that it helped them. So, like, honest to goodness, like, I'm not trying to just feed to the home home fans here and the Hawks fans. Like, you guys were terrific. I felt that, too, in the booth. Like, I felt like the place was rocking. Like, there were eight to 9,000 people there. Um, and it's a tough task when you don't know there's going to be a game until, what, 12 hours before Right, the night so before. It's you, difficult, You man. brought the energy, and honest to goodness, I think you're one of the stars of the game because you would have certainly helped the Hawks win that series that night. Love to hear that. I'm sure the atmospheres would be great next Wednesday, next Thursday. Uh, you got game three, game four. Let's just get a sweep, right? We'll just end it there. Who I needs would to, like that. Who needs to worry for about Portland, a game five? We're going to be specific. Yes, for Portland. Yes, for Portland. Then we'll move on and see who we're going to play in the uh, in the conference finals. How's the health looking? How you, I, I know that this week I'm curious to ask Mike about that because you got those extra times where you end the regular season, got a little bit of a break. Now you get the, your round one done. You got a little bit of a breather room before you head up. How are they feeling health-wise, you think? I think pretty good. I yeah. think pretty good. It's hard. I'll, I'll let Mike chime in it more because he might have more of the ends with Rich and Rich Campbell and, and obviously the training staff that's doing things. But I did notice that I believe everyone was on the ice this week. That's a good um, sign. Skating to some capacity. So, you know, that's good. Like, I think there's always potential <laughs> yeah. that you get those players back. And clearly it'll be an extra, you know, if you get anybody back in, you're good. Um, and I don't think there's anything new that came from that round one. So we'll knock on wood and just good. hope that everything is good come game one in Kamloops. Love it, buddy. Love it. You got anything else you want to get to? Uh, no, I think I covered it pretty well. I'm trying to think on the playoff stuff. Like, obviously, this is an exciting time of the year. The, the one side, hopefully this will – you know, a chance that you're 
hearing about a playoff series against Kamloops, you'll you'll be able to reminisce on the the old brawl days and yes. the and the playoffs. And I don't, I, you know, I'm not familiar with it as much. I've been telling everyone, everyone's asking about it, but you know, I'm only a five year vet now in, in Portland. <laughs> like I'm basically aging out with Dante and Robbie. Like that's what we talked about last time. So if All you right. have any good stories from Kamloops in Portland and you want to share it with me and Andy, please do. Like I I would love to hear some more too from your firsthand experience. I've been piecing it together. Like it's not like I haven't heard the things and I've seen videos, but it's always kind of nice to be able to be like, yeah, what really went on in the '90s when you were in the fan? Or I think it's kind of cool. Like that's what makes playoff hockey kind of entertaining from the fan perspective. Totally. Now, I don't man. want the hatred as much. I don't. Sure. I really don't like. But the friendly, good, good fuel rivalry in the playoffs. Hundred percent, all about it. Hundred percent. Well, you and I are in lockstep there because I've heard the stories. But I mean, it's before my time. I mean, we're you know we're pops right. considered you know right. compared to some of these right. other fans, we're not the oldest here. So I don't have firm memories of the early '80s play, nine game playoff series right. against Kamloops, which also blows my mind that there used to be nine game playoff series without a doubt. Like, how do you not hate? somebody after playing them for eight games going into a game nine that that came up in our last broadcast too because one of the trivia questions was like who has the uh, most most goal scoring in a single series and then the names come up there and, and one of I still I should know this now I didn't even look I think it's Rolichek Jeff Rolichek okay but even me like I was like am I pronouncing that name right you know, right because it was from the early 80s sure. it's just a name that I haven't really seen too much in our in the Hawks history um but it, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, well, he had the most scoring because they played a nine-game sure. series against New Westminster. So <laughs> if you're going to go the distance, of course so. <laughs> Get two extra games. I love it, man. You got anything fun loaded up on the iPad for the for the eight-hour bus ride? Ooh, that's I guess question. you're cutting it in half, so you got to you know, split it in half. But um, Definitely going to work in a nap on the first part of this trip. Okay. Um, probably get some game notes done. Yeah. iPad-wise... I bet I'll find something good on Hulu or Netflix. Sure. Um, I already went through all full swing. That was kind of the big one. Okay. Uh, the golf documentary. I have Breakpoint. That's a tough mixture. Like, I love that. I'm huge huge in the tennis. Love following the tennis scene. Um, more so enjoy playing it, but I, I definitely will be will be tuned into. Now, that's basically like full swing, but for tennis, Correct. right? Okay. Exactly. I've seen, I think I've seen and the And the, they obviously took the same model off the F1 okay. when they did that yeah, with yeah, the yeah. F1 racing series. Um, and it was phenomenal. Loved it. But I got, it's one of those that's hard when you go on the road trip. Uh, my wife and I have a lot of shows, and that was one that we started watching. So now it's like, well, I can't watch on the road without her. <laughs> so there's got to eventually be a show that I just pull and be like, sorry, babe, I just watched Breakpoint. Whenever you want to watch it, go ahead. You just lie when and, you get back. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen this episode yet. Yeah, it, might, it, it might be one of those situations. <laughs> Um, well, that's, there's a lot of good shows out there too. So I feel like uh, I gotta find some good. I feel like there's been some on my list. Some of that might be hard to stream. Like I've always wanted to watch. Um, um, oh, I'm, Yellowstone. Yeah, 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 like yeah. That's been one that I've been told about like a million times. I know it's popular, and people are probably like, "You don't listen to that? You gotta see it, Nick. It. You gotta I, see it." I do want to watch yeah. it. That's on top of my list. But during the grind of the hockey season, I build yeah. up like my watching list. <laughs> then when it's like perfect, I have Saturday night off. I want to be quiet. That's we're, right. We're putting on the show. We're gonna do some streaming. I love it. Well, hey, hopefully you got a few more weeks of not being able to watch the shows you want to watch. I would agree. Because that means you're calling playoff hockey. And uh, have a good bus ride up. And uh, we'll, we'll chat, hopefully, previewing the conference finals in a couple of that weeks. That sounds like a beautiful plan. Next up on the Portland Winterhawks podcast, excited for this one. Portland gets the win over Everett. Now they take on Kamloops. And I got the man in charge, the head coach GM, Mike Johnson, uh, sitting down with us here on the pod. Mike, first off, you're, you're running around, million things going on. How you feeling going into round two after a big round one win over Everett? Well, the playoff time, as I'm sure the players said, is is the most exciting time of the year. I, I love it. It's just everything about it, the, the ultra focus on the, the series coming up, all the hard work that's gone into the season. And we started our training camp basically on September 1st. So the players have been training. They've been looking forward to the playoffs since that time. And we've been trying as coaches to put everything together as far as 
what are the players going to need at this time of the year to be successful, to make sure that we've practiced the right way, we've we've have the right structure, we've been through a lot of different scenarios and games that we're thoroughly prepared for this time of the year and ready for anything that could come at us. And I thought we handled the first series well. Uh, on that note, I mean, Kamloops is one of those te- – you had some teams around you that made some pretty significant trades. That, I mean, just in my time watching the WHL, seeing the compensation going back were intense, but they're obviously hosting the Memorial Cup. Is it tough going against a team that you really haven't seen this current iteration? Like, you played them four times this year, but some newer faces that you're obviously familiar with. How, how challenging is that going into a series? Well, we played them once in the second half, and um, we know the the players they acquired, Hofer and Zellweger, the two uh, big players from Everett, um, are a core part of their team. So we know those players well. Uh, I thought we've played very well against Kamloops. We've we've handled things well in their building. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a smaller, can be in a little bit of an intimidating building. So it's good that that our core of our group has played there uh, twice throughout the year and had an opportunity to handle the travel, the building, the style of team that they have. We feel confident heading into the series. Well, and then on that note, too, matchup-wise, it felt like Everett had, you know, one or two guys you kind of circle and say, all right, they're going to run almost everything through one or two players. And you guys had the ability to a certain extent to match up line by line and say, okay, let's shut these guys down, and we feel like we have the ability to win. Kamloops a little bit deeper. Does it change the, the line strategy, the shift strategy going into a series like that of just having, having a, a, a bigger depth of guys, I guess, that they're going to try and lean on offensively? Oh, for sure it does, because um, I don't think uh, we're going to get the the matchups we want. Definitely on the road, we're not going to. Mm -hmm. And it's much more challenging against Kamloops because they have four lines. So they're four lines deep. Uh, Their top three lines are, are, they have talented players in each line. So they pretty well balance their lines a little bit. And in that scenario versus the Everett one where they loaded up, probably a line and a half, Mm -hmm. it was a little bit easier to get our matchups against Everett and play head-to-head who we thought would be successful. Against Kamloops, we're just going to have to prepare every line for whatever line you face. This is what you're going to see. Here's how you can counteract it. Well, and you guys have always, a testament of your success here has always been depth and having so many different lines that can be successful. It feels like that's really been the case late in the year. Guys like Sikreski coming on strong, but Azoni having a really strong finish of the year. I got to imagine at this point and seeing the depth scoring that you had in that first round that you feel good that, you know, no matter who's out there, they're, they're competent and they're playing at a high level right now. Yeah, and I think uh, on defense, we like our depth on defense. And up front, it's it's varied in the second half from from month to month, depending on injuries. And we've had two injuries in the Everett series uh, with Lickie being out and Shelter being out. That takes away our depth up front. Uh, certainly Kamloops had the same. Uh, we'll see how we are heading into the series. Hopefully can get one or two of those guys back, uh, which will really allow us to balance our lines a little bit more. But I think our depth is key because we like to roll four lines. We like to get our depth of our group involved. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think if we're going to survive the series, uh, we're going to need every single player. I mean, on that health note, too, you just you feel good about where you're I mean, playoff series can be physical. You mentioned you've been going since September 1st. It's a long year. You feel good health-wise about where you guys are at. Yeah, I do. I, I feel that our, our group is well-conditioned, um, and we're, we're the type of team that plays with, with pace. We're going to force the other team to play with the same pace we play at. So conditioning is a big part of that. And then I think that, uh, you know, right now, as I said, if we get one of those injuries back, that'll really help us. Uh, and it also 
when you look at our team, it's their special teams are going to play a big factor in the series. We like our special teams. Yeah, I mean, on that, I mean, we just talked to James about that, where it felt like you guys were dialed in completely on the power play from the get-go in game one, and it showed up in game two, some beautifully designed uh, you know, plays winning a face-off and pass-pass, there you go, backdoor goal. Is that something that's just clicking with more reps? Is there something you're changing schematically? Because it felt like the, the power play was really strong against Everett. Yeah, and Kyle's worked on the power play all year, so they have a lot of versatility, a lot of different things that they can do. Uh, whether you talk about draws, whether you talk about a short power play, five-on-three, four-on-three, and then also, I think Brian's done an excellent job with their penalty kill, which was important in the Everett series because they loaded up one power play and we had to shut that group down and they yeah. did a great job. Special teams will be, be momentum changers, I think, in the series. And we have such confidence in our power play that I think it's going to be uh, – uh, Campbell's going to have to be cautious if they take an extra penalty. Any added thing you're changing schematically with the familiarity of the coaching staff? Is there any, like, you know, you know the ins and outs of the locker room? Anything we're changing going into a matchup like this because of it? Uh, no, I, I think in our league, in, in today's game, there's not a lot of secrets. And certainly yeah. Don knows our, our team very well. Having coached here, he knows our players well. Probably a little bit about our strategy. Uh, but we'll, we'll tweak some things uh, and we'll – dissect what they do and come up with a, a concrete plan that that our players will be excited to start going with on Friday night. <laughs> Two more quick ones for you because I know you guys are getting ready to go on the bus. Uh, the, the goaltending situation where, you know, Dante was the guy most of the year. You guys hit that skid and it feels like Jan's kind of taking the job, played really well against Everett. I love the way Dante's still being a leader and, and involved in the team despite, uh, you know, not getting all the reps. Where are you feeling about your goaltending situation and is that kind of the plan going into round two to, to, to ride the hot hand, if you will? Well, we talked about depth quite a bit here in this conversation, and I think goaltending depth is critical um, to, if, to anybody in a playoff series because uh, right now we feel that, that Dante's had a very good year as a 20-year-old. He, he, he's got that experience of playing during the season. Jan has had a good finish, a good stretch run to the season, yeah. and has really played with some confidence in the stretch run. So we decided to go with him to start the playoffs, and he's done well. Uh, but having two good goaltenders that you can count on, that they're prepared. You look at the Prince George series, uh, Brendan went down in Tri-City, and then Young goes in. Uh, the, the strength of Prince George all year has been two good goaltenders. Right. So I think that, uh, you know, like any other position on our team, we want to enter the playoffs feeling good about our depth. And yeah, it feels like you're in that spot right now. So last one for you, go in Friday night, Saturday night, game one and game two. I know you, you want to win every game. Is there a, is there a, you know, a, a clear goal like, hey, let's split it, let's get one, let's come home. You know, they always say you don't start a series until somebody wins on the road and then you can kind of flip the advantage. Is there that kind of mindset or are you just game by game, let's win the first four and get out of here? I think our mindset is definitely on the first period of the first game. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot of energy in the building, a lot of mo momentum with their team having come off the Vancouver series. And I think that their team is probably looking at, hey, we want to draw the line right now. We want to Here's where you got to be. If you're going to play against us, you're going to beat us. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to push that line. We want to make sure that we rise up in that first period of the first game. That's going to be an important period. Yeah. Well, Mike, hey, have a have safe travels up. Best of luck in the second round and continued success. We always appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Andy. All right. Continuing on here on the Portland Winterhawks podcast. Excited for this one. A guy who had a monster series in round one against Everett. Let's take a look at the numbers. In five games, we had four goals, two assists, a two-goal game in game three, a game-winning goal in the series. James Stefan hopping on. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? 
I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. So how did, uh, I mean, round one, five games, right? You knock out Everett. You get that big win in overtime in game five. Just I imagine the emotions and the feelings were good in the locker room. How are you guys feeling right now after that series win? Yeah, I feel really good. I mean, it was definitely a fun one. Uh, got that 3-0 three, three series lead, and we are feeling really good. And then uh, they had a really good game in uh, game four. Kind of took it to us there, but... Just had that belief and came back and uh, finished it out. So we're feeling really good. Well, and then you mentioned that taking that 3-0 lead. I imagine that's a challenge, right? Like you get game one at home, you're feeling good. Game two, okay, you took care of business. To go get game three and that you went off for two goals in that game, what were the emotions like and, and the confidence that it built? Like, hey, we took this from home, now we're on the road, and we feel like you know, you're know you one win away from going to the next round. Yeah, I mean, we played really good in game three, and that was a huge win for us to go up 3-0. But I believe the hardest win to get is that fourth win just yeah. to close out the series. So. So that was definitely a difficult task, and we knew that going in. And they played a really good game. I mean, their season was on the line, so so they left it all out there, and uh, they played a good game, but uh, luckily finished it out in the next game. Well, you guys are getting ready to hop on the bus. So you're going up to Kamloops, round two, a team that you you haven't really seen a lot of in their current iteration, right, with some of the yeah. trades after the deadline. So I guess uh, two-parter for you. One, how hard is the challenge not having a lot of familiarity with a certain team or play, new players on that team? And then just how, in general, how are you guys feeling going on the road and taking on one of the better teams in the Western Conference now? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, they got a great team over there and definitely some unfamiliar faces. But uh, but I feel like we're prepared. I mean, we've been preparing all week, uh, doing video and preparing and stuff like that so so I feel really good going to this series but uh definitely definitely a difficult task what, what did, was there something that clicked for you guys power play wise because it felt like it was on fire the entire series was it just more ice time you know different designs what was it that kind of went into the success on the power play yeah I mean honestly I don't really know what it was but uh <laughs> yeah we we're definitely clicking I mean uh our coaches do a great job with uh getting us prepared for the power play and we did did lots of video uh being prepared for their penalty kills so so I don't know. We I felt like we were just clicking from game one and in the playoffs, and uh, that was definitely huge for for our team. Well, and then how nice is it? I mean, Nick and I were just talking about you guys had so much depth scoring, so many different guys that contributed. You were one of them, but so many. I mean, it felt like everybody chipped in a real team effort. How, how nice is that going into a series, knowing that all right, Kamloops is going to be a little bit deeper than ever. It would be more of a challenge, but you feel like you can get contributions probably up and down the bench right now, no matter whose lines out there. Feels like everybody's putting goals in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean that's probably our biggest thing. That's massive for us. We need everyone going, and when everyone's going, we're we're a really good team. So to be able to have that kind of depth scoring and be be able to get contributions from everyone in the lineup, um, that's definitely huge and something our group takes pride in. A little more excited to not have to make the bus drive to PG this year instead yeah. of a little bit shorter. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, that was brutal last year, so should be definitely shorter. Well, and then you're cutting it in half, right? And you're going to an AHL game, from what I hear. Are you excited? Yeah. Like, is that kind of a nice break in the action for you? And then what are you looking forward to at the AHL game? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's nice to not get away from the game because we're still going to a hockey game, sure. but kind of get away from, from our our uh, game and our series and kind of just go have a little bit of fun and, and watch uh, some higher hockey. So it should be fun. Nice little distraction for you going yeah, on. Yeah, 100%. Um, when you look at the matchups against Kamloops, it felt like Everett at times was like one or two guys you kind of circle, all right, they're going to they're gonna ride these guys. They're going to play 30 minutes a night, and yeah. if we can circle them and stop them, is there one or two guys that are standing out with Kamloops that like, hey, we really need to focus on slowing them down, more of a team-wide effort? Like how's that game plan going for Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, Everett's got some top-end players that we knew we, need, we needed to shut down, and the same goes for Kamloops. I mean, they – I would say they definitely have a deeper roster. Um, they got good players throughout the lineup, but they do have some top guys like Stankovic and Zellweger that, that can take over a game, so guys that we need to to be careful of and try to shut down. Yeah. Now, are you rocking the mullet? Do I, am I seeing a mullet here? Uh, no, not yet. Not I, was, participating? I was thinking about it. I don't know. My hair is not too long yet, so <laughs> okay. I don't know. 
We'll see. Maybe the longer the playoffs go, we'll see yeah, if somebody exactly. gets the terminals out or something exactly. like that. What did you make? I mean, Nick was talking about it, and I know we, I was at game one and game two. The crowd, the atmosphere was awesome, and it sounded like game five was lit and everybody was having a good time and, and packing a lot of noise. Just what did that mean for you guys, having that kind of backing from the crowd? Yeah, that's huge for us. I mean, that's kind of what we build on, and to be able to play at home and have that crowd behind us kind of fuels us. I mean, it's definitely harder when you're away. You kind of have to – use the bench to your advantage to get your momentum going. But yeah. to be able to have those big crowds in the playoffs and have them cheer us on, I mean, that's huge for us, and we love it. How do you feel like some of the young guys who are getting their first taste of playoff action, how do you feel like they handled it? And what was your reaction the first time going through the playoffs? What was that yeah, like for you? I think they handled it really well. I mean, it was definitely pretty cool last year just going into playoffs, never doing doing it before. But a lot of the older guys kind of helped us last year go through that experience for the first time. So that's kind of what us older guys and guys that went through it last year trying to trying to take on this year and help the younger guys uh, understand what the playoffs is about. So, But I, I think they did a great job in the first round. Yeah, they seem to adjust pretty well. What, you got anything loaded up on the iPad to watch on the bus trip? Uh, maybe a little bit of Netflix. Uh, okay. I've been watching a couple series. but What are we watching? What's James Safan watching right now? Uh, I've been watching you lately. Okay, I've heard yeah. that's good. Yeah, it's a good show. Okay, we get a good review? Yeah, right, like yeah, it's that. really good. Uh, before I let you go, uh, because I know you guys are jumping on the bus here soon, give me the best mullet and the worst mullet right now in the locker room. Ooh. Um, worst mullet, definitely Gabe Clausen. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. Okay. Um, it's kind of got a gritty beard going, too. I don't know if I like it. Yeah, okay. Uh, and what about you, facial wise? Are we, are we letting it go for the whole yeah, playoffs? Yeah, we're kind of growing out the, the mustaches. Okay. I, don't, I don't know about the beard very much. <laughs> I don't really like that. But uh, best mullet? I would probably say Kyle Chazowski. He's definitely rocking yeah. it. His looks really good. He seemed, and now, it was a teammate shave job, right? Are you guys yeah. doing this inside the locker room? Yeah, I think a couple guys went uh, went out to a couple of barbershops, but uh, Dante, Dante Gianuzzi was uh, <laughs> was the team barber. He was giving guys mullets. Okay, we give we give him a decent grade on his cooking yeah, skills? Yeah, all right, really all right. good. So if we get the James Stefan mullet, we feel good about Dante. Yeah, yeah, the that's, sticks? that's okay. the guy I'm going to go to. All right, there you go. James Stefan, well, hey, man, congratulations on the win over Everett. It's awesome to see you guys having success again in the postseason, and best of luck safe trip and, and go get some wins in cam loops yeah thank you very much all right that'll do it episode 14 here of the portland winterhawks podcast my thanks again to nick merrick mike johnston and james stefan for hopping on great to get james on uh for the first time this year and great to catch up with mike it's been a while since we've had him on the pod so awesome to see those guys i'm sorry there wasn't a longer episode this week uh, this week we were on a bit of a time crunch as uh, they were getting ready to to jump on the bus and head up to Kamloops, and they were just getting off the ice after practice. So we had like a one-hour window there where we could try and squeeze all this in. But I'm glad we were able to get uh, some stuff recorded for you because it's just a little bit easier, and I think it sounds better uh, when it's in person. So thanks to all those guys for making time on a very, very busy day as they get ready to head on up here for round two as uh, they're going to make a pit stop, as you heard James talk about, Nick talk about, uh, about halfway, and then head up to Kamloops the rest of the way. Tomorrow the series gets underway Friday night on the road, Saturday night, Saturday night on the road, uh, game one and game two, and then obviously back at home next week, Wednesday and Thursday, game three, game four, and uh, a potential game five, or excuse me, game six, if the series goes that long, which, hey, let's stay optimistic and say that it will, or Portland, maybe they've already won it by then. Uh, game six would be back in Portland Monday, uh, April 24th. All the puck drop, uh, puck drop times are 7 o'clock. So there you go, all the info you need. They look great against Everett. Obviously a stiffer challenge, but I kind of view it at this point. You know, hey, you're playing with house money. Everybody at the start of the playoffs said it's probably going to be Seattle versus Kamloops in the Western Conference Finals. And let's see if Portland can throw a wrench into those plans, pull off an upset here 
They're feeling great. They're feeling confident. Awesome to see them get that first playoff series win under their belt. And now we get to see what they do uh, here in round two. So thanks again to those guys for hopping on the pod. A reminder, make sure to download and subscribe it wherever you're uh, following the podcast along. And we're on iTunes and Spotify and 1080thefan.com. The Winterhawks throw it up on their website, the Odyssey app. So wherever you're listening, make sure you download it uh, and subscribe to it. That way you'll get an update whenever a new episode is out. And the plan going forward, uh, obviously going to go one or two ways here. Uh, If they win the series against Kamloops, we'll get together again over at the VMC and give you a preview of the Western Conference Finals and get you all set for whatever matchup that might be. And if that is not the case and they can't beat Kamloops uh, here in round two, then we'll get together uh, whenever the guys and teams are are available and we'll record a season-ending kind of recap Get you set for the offseason, all the drafts that are coming up and all that. But let's not even think about that yet. Round two about to get underway. Can't wait to see what Portland does here in round two. So uh, thanks again to everybody for listening all season long into this episode. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Dirk Johnson. Let's go Hawks. Let's go get a win over Kamloops. Uh, until next time, you can find all the information you need at winterhawks.com. The manager man. He came from his office, said, son, can I help you? Looked at him and said, yes. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni Yes, I do This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.